are listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show, and his mic's already up. So, Jim, how has St. Patrick's Sir. Day been treating you? Speak now. Forever hold your, <laughs> forever hold your plate, of, plate of peas. How's your day been? Right. My day has been wonderful. Yeah? Tell me. Better than I deserve. What does an Irishman do on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> What does an Irishman well, do on site? Well, yeah, you got your adult beverage, which is <laughs> milk in a dirty glass, right? In a dirty glass, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, folks, with me today is Jim. Has anybody seen my ascot, Nelson? So, that's who's on the line. This is the biscuits and gravy show. We got a lot of good stuff planned for you, <laughs> Jim. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Are you just in that good of a mood? <laughs> I'm in a, uh, well, for starters, I'm in a good mood, and secondly, uh, no, the the name was funny. Was, oh, you like hilarious. that one? Has any? Have you ever worn an ascot? Not on oh, your neck, right? Have I? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think when I was a kid, I like played played at it, and you know, I put on my bathrobe, and then had the little. The little ah, thing you love watch, it. You watch too many yeah. Cary Grant movies. That's what that's what it is. So that's what I think it is. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Joe says good mood is good. Good mood, good, as in milk? Is that what he means? No, I think he's just... I said that I was in a good mood, and he's oh. commenting on... No, 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 that, that's a good thing. I'm in a good mood, too, and I'll tell you why, Jim, because it's it's the fact, and I feel... I, I hope I'm not rubbing this in your face, but I don't have to go to work tomorrow, and I at least not, oh. not at my usual Monday through Friday workplace, anyway. So I'm feeling rather and I thought, spunky about... Yes, we're still friends. I thought we were tight. Yeah, well, we are. And you like you like had to go there. But you're like 1,200 miles from me and can't hit me. So you know, <laughs> if you could, you know, you remember that joke? You know, when you go up to a kid and go, "You want to fight? You want to fight? Are you gonna run? Are you gonna run?" And the kid would say no, and then you go, "Well, then how are you gonna catch me?" And you'd turn around and run. You know, <laughs> so that's right. what I. That was me. That was me. That's what I used to do. Well, let's uh, let's see. We got a lot of stuff going on today. Let's take care of the business first. We'll wrap that up and get on with the show, just because that's what we do here. We got some sponsors: sudsysopery.com and mysudsycrate.com. And oh, by the way, Christy's on. I'm I'm pretty confident she is. Um, she got a bar of soap last week. Um, so I hope she likes that. Go to their website, check it out. You can get a 10% discount uh, with uh, the code Jason. So, yeah, good stuff there. Um, check out our fantastic website. If you don't like that name, you can go to VintageBiscuits.com. And, of course, we're always on the TheBigBasin.com. And if you want to enter in for a contest to win something like a bar of soap or a hot dog toaster, which is what I sent one of our fans this week, a hot dog toaster. It's really cool. It's Coca-Cola. It's red. It's, it's really neat. I, I'm going to have to order one myself. Uh, you can go to the... Oh, it's got the Coca-Cola logo on the side. Yeah. Coca-Cola emblem. Yep. That's yep. cool. BigBasinContest.com. That's where you want to go. That's where you want to be. Let's see. What else? Of course, we got our Roku channel. You can find out more about that at TheBigBasin.com. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for Chez's show. Those who show up decide. And by the way, he couldn't make it tonight. Christy says great soap, but he did want to give want me to relay a special message to Christy. No, that wasn't it. Um, he uh, oh, there is wow. Chez. Chez is there. He came in the room. I feel I I feel like a liar. That's unreal. Chez, I just saw. Did you see that? He popped in the room. I did. Christy, did you take your yeah, monthly he's, he's, bath or what? Or, you know, tell that Rich that, you know, he brushes once a month whether he needs to or not. Okay. 
It's getting heated in the room there, Jim. It looks like they don't need us. I guess. What do you think? <laughs> you're you're still working on your soaps, right? Whittling in away this at corner, them. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you make yes. a, that that a little uh, Colt twenty five you were gonna make out of that uh, black one? No, man. Just that's um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So good stuff. Roku channel. Um, also, we're always looking for content providers. If you want to send me something in the mail, I'll post it. I'll talk about it on the show. Whatever, whatever. Um, let's see. That 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 about. Well, as Desi Arna says, that thistle does it, right? So, Jeff, thistle does it. Yep. You got any shout-outs this week? I don't we're, actually. You're you're out of friends again. weren't able to make any this week because you were yeah, working so hard. I called Jim earlier tonight, and I thought for sure. He was shaving in the background. It was just some air compressor. It sounded like that. Oh, so boy, it's getting interesting. Yeah, Rich sent me a um, message about. There's a video going around. I've got friends in safe places. It's a spoof of the Garth Brooks song. I I haven't watched it yet. Hi, God, friends. Wow, what talent! What talent! You sing in church, Jim? You do, don't you? I've heard you sing on one of your videos. I do. I lead the song service at church. Is that right? You lead him right out the door, or no? I'm just kidding. Oh, I I chase him with this voice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I will give a shout out to Rich Merrick. Why not? He's right there, and he's in a safe space. So, um, let's get on with the 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 stuff that everybody tunes in for. Um, the quotes and the fantastic trivia that we have lined up for the week. I'd like to thank my buddy Mitchell for helping me out with one of the questions this week. Jim, let's uh, let's hear yeah, let's hear one of let's hear your series of quotes for the week. Oh yes. Apparently Nelson Mandela said this. He says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Interesting. Okay. That was a long one, Jim, even for you. But not as long. You had one one time that lasted like two and a half minutes. That wasn't a quote. That was a sermon. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But don't. Yeah, don't remind me. Um, Go ahead with your next one. Uh, From the Little Prince, a novel by Antoine de Saint. Yeah, Esupri. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Interesting. Uh, Les Brown's Les Brown says um, Les Brown's a great motivational speaker. I really he's not not quite Zig Ziglar, but he's quite good. Les Brown says, "Shoot for the moon. If you miss, you will still be among the stars." Awesome. Another one by Les Brown is in day to day. This is just kind of a funny one on on how life just sort of works. Uh, especially with the television and advertisement. In mm-hmm. day-to-day commerce, television is not so much interested in the business of communications as is, as in the business of delivering audiences to advertisers. People are the merchandise, not the shows. The shows are merely the bait. Okay. And that's Les Brown again. Okay. And for my daughter, since she loves Bob Ross. Curly hair, brillo head. Yeah, everybody needs a friend. Bob Ross, 
Uh, Bob Ross says, I really believe if you practiced enough, you could paint the Mona Lisa with a two-inch brush. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Bob Ross is also the guy that said, that's not a mistake, that's a bird. We'll make that into a bird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I'll give mine real quick. The true measure of an individual is how he treats a person who can do him absolutely no good. Somebody that I'm not love particularly it. crazy about, Ann Landers. Um, here's another one. Albert Einstein, great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. Think about that one for a minute. I like yeah. this one, too. This has a lot to do with the state of mind, and this is so true. I am the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Positive attitude. It has everything to do with everything. Here's one by somebody named... The good named thing about Muhammad Ali is he backed it up. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, technology is a, her word, not mine, queer thing. It brings you great gifts with one hand, and it stabs you in the back with the other. Technology. Ooh. And it's true. How many times... And, and I try to avoid this myself. And I, I get caught up in the trap of sitting in a restaurant with somebody... And the next thing I know, my hand is super glued to the phone, and my as are my eyes. Right. Under certain circumstances, that's permissible, but for the most part, it's just downright rude. You know, unless... Right. Uh, you know, I find it acceptable when somebody is conducting business that they could lose an account or a client with. I got no problem with that if they're taking an extra long, long lunch break with me or something to that effect. Um, but, you know, if you're with families and friends and it's your time off... I like the idea of just set the phone down. So anyway, we'll let you right. think about that for a little bit. Um, here's a good one. Another kind of uh, along that lines. Wayne Gretzky said, A good hockey player plays where the puck is, but a great hockey player plays where the puck is going to be. Anticipation yes. and projection is the key to success. <clears throat> I really like that. I might have to have that one made in a plaque. Here's another good one. Henry Van Dyke, no relation to Dick, I'm sure. There is no personal charm so great as the charm of a cheerful temperament. Do you ever catch yourself in a bad mood where you just want to chew somebody's head off? And then looking back on it, you really found there was no reason for that? <laughs> Jim, S. Jim does his fist palm. I caught myself that mood the other day. Um, I had to pick my son up for something at school, and it was lunch break. And I did not know that I needed to go in and sign him out. And so I'm sitting out in the parking lot just waiting and waiting and waiting. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm angry. I'm, you know, not violently angry, but maybe, you know, wanting to be. And uh, finally cooled down and realized there's no need for this. You know, just it's part of life. It happens. Jim, I will give you so, the opportunity to give me stumpers. Stump, oh, stumpers. The guy used to say on one of my radio shows, shows it's time to stump the chump. So have wow. at it. I'll be your chump. Okay. I'll be your chumpleberry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be your huckleberry. Right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to replace one of these questions. That's all right. Go, go for it freebie, anyway. You got a freebie right off of the top. Okay. And I'm going to get my answers up and ready. Okay. Which actually the answers have a long explanation as well that's okay uh henry and this this is right up your alley your 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 wild penchant for all things wild west uh henry mccarty was better known by what nickname 
You know what? In let's, the Wild West. Let's leave that open because you know that I know that answer. I'm going to leave that open for the audience. And Jim, would you monitor that screen uh, to see what answers we get in from the audience? Because um, I'm having a little bit of problems reading that. It's it's not too big tonight. And let's see here. Actually, did we just? Paul Sanchez says, please repeat that the audio skipped. Okay. The question is, and I'll give you the context. Everything here has to do with the Wild West. Okay. The question is, Henry McCarty was better known by what nickname? Okay. We'll let them think about that for a minute. Some Somebody famous uh, in the Wild West. You got a, You got a list of people you can pick from. Okay. And we'll just wait for the answers. Go ahead and give me another one in the meantime. And Christy says I need bifocals. Christy, these are bifocals. Thank you. (laughs) So the problem is I'm dealing with three different (laughs) monitors here. Go ahead and give me another one while we're waiting on that, and I'll monitor the screen. Try to. Okay. Uh, What weapon? What what weapon has become known as the gun that won the West? I think I know this, and uh, I hope I have the year right. 1873 Winchester? Actually, it was the Colt Peacemaker. Oh, okay. You're you're talking pistols, not rifles. Okay. Actually, they they were across the board. They included that. Uh, When I started forming these questions, it was multiple choice. I didn't give you the benefit of multiple choice. Uh, I never get the benefit of multiple choice. Not they're giving me. you the be- they're giving you the, um, right. This, this is including over and above the Winchester, the well, Colt Peacemaker, a forty-five caliber gun manufactured by Colt Firearms Manufacturing Company in Hartford, Connecticut, was produced for the first time in eighteen seventy-three and has become known as the gun that won the West. At the time, it sold for seventeen dollars. I'll bet they go for a lot more than that right now. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, Joe Martin did guess the Winchester. Paul Ches says the Colt 45, which that's what the Peacemaker came in. So, good job, guys. Awesome. All right. Nobody has guessed what Henry McCarty was better known by as. I'm sure Ches knows that, but I could be wrong. Ches knows a lot of things. Um, let's see. Go ahead and give me your next one. Okay. Who is the only woman to have ever robbed a stagecoach? Uh boy, I'm gonna say Bell Star. Nope. Should we leave it open for a second for the audience? Yeah, let's leave that one open. Uh, by the way, we have a winner. Rich Merrick. I, I think Rich Rich got it. Billy the Kid on Henry McCarty. So, what? Who is the only yes. woman known to have robbed a stagecoach? Was it the lady that hung out with Butch uh, Sundance? Sundance, the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance uh, Kid. Let me see here. I'm not sure. Well, she, Probably she did hang out with a, Yeah, she they did hang out with a man. That was past was the not. days of the stagecoach. Uh, was it Big Nose Kate? Probably not Big no. Nose Kate either. Okay, I'm going to leave that for the audience. And, oh, no. Rich says it was Annie Oakley. I don't think it was Annie Oakley. She was more of a Western hero, a good girl. But good guess. I don't, and I don't know well, who it is, them, but I'm yeah, I'm a lot yeah. of them had little scrapes with the law, but no, it was not Annie Oakley. Okay, all right, give me your next question, Jim. Okay. Um, oh my goodness. Question, question, question. All right. 
Yep. Summer says Pearl uh, Heart. Question. Pearl Heart? Summer is correct. Wow, good job, Summer. Congratulations. Um, on May 29th, 1899, Pearl Hart became the only woman known to have robbed a stagecoach. She and a man named Joe Boot, probably an alias, stopped the Globe, an Arizona stagecoach, and relieved its passengers of all their money, about $400. Feeling badly, however, at leaving their victims penniless, Pearl decided to return a dollar to each of them so that they could have a meal. Well, that was nice of her. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Go ahead with your next one. Okay. Um, all right. This this gets a little bit gamey here. Um, it says, in yeah. Deadwood, South Dakota, what is the estimated percentage of women living in Deadwood, South Dakota that were actually shall we say, ladies of the evening. Oh, I'm glad you put it that way. I'm going to guess one-third. 30, or 33 and a third okay. percent. That's my guess. Should we should we, should we? we leave that open at all for... Yeah, we can leave that open. Now let's move on to the next question. Yeah. Okay. Um, when, when you say let's leave it open, that tells well, me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, okay. not, it was not a third. All right, go ahead. Um, actually, I'll give the audience the benefit of knowing... It was higher than that. Okay. All right. Uh, what legendary figure of the Old West eventually became a sports editor for the New York Morning Telegraph? Um, I'm going to say that was Bat Masterson. You would be correct. Okay. Bat Masterson yep. held a wide variety of jobs during his adventurous lifetime, including stints as a buffalo hunter, frontier lawman, gambler, army scout, U.S. marshal, and sports editor for the New York Morning uh, Telegraph. Masterson was also a frequent visitor to Theodore Roosevelt's White House and the inspiration for the character of Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls. Right. I've got a theory about Bat Masterson. Since he was a, yes. a lawman and the original, I, I think he was really the original Batman. That's what I think. Okay, hmm. anyway, moving right along. What's your next one? Okay. Um, in poker, mm -hmm. what is known as the dead man's hand? Now, I could be wrong about this, but me and a friend were actually talking about this a couple of days ago. Um, deuces and aces? You want to leave that open for the yeah, audience? Yeah, okay, that I tells me again I'm wrong. Christy Ryle says on your guess, actually, Rich Merrick says 80%. Christy Ryle says 75%. Yeah, and, and Rich Merrick says aces and eights. Boy, we're shotgunning the answers back now. What do you think? 75 80% okay. or aces and eights? Um, actually, it is aces and eights, and as far as percentages go, keep trying. It was higher. Higher? I'll throw a number out. 90? Yep. That was it, 90%. right on the button? Okay. Um, yep, it was 90%. It says it was estimated that 90% of the women living in Deadwood in South Dakota in 1876 were ladies of the evening. It was difficult for a woman to make a living in the American West, especially if she did not have the protection of a father or a husband. And many single women turned to uh, that profession as their only option. According to historical accounts, 
Uh, it proved to be a thriving industry in the male-dominated town of Deadwood and continued almost without interruption until the state attorney's office closed the last, bro last brothels in. Take flying guess when they finally closed the last brothels. 1918. It'll shock you. 1918. Later. 1952. Later. Later. 62. Later. You know, if I get this right, somebody's going to be calling me. Um, I, I don't... 70? I'm just throwing numbers. 1980. 1980. Okay. Jim, please Do give me another that? question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. What outlaw once wrote his own press release for one of his robberies. Um, I know this. This was Jesse James. It was Jesse yes, James. Yes, and, and uh, it, I was thinking about this question. At first, when you said wrote it, I thought maybe you meant beforehand, and I was thinking that was something that Black Bart would have done, or Black Bart oh, catch no. him. No, but, no, no. but Jesse James actually he robbed did. a train and handed the press release to uh, a staff member of the train. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. It says Jesse James took great delight in his notoriety and oh, once yeah. went so far as to write his own press release for one of his own robberies and hand it to the engineer of the train that he was riding that he was robbing before riding away with his men. This press release entitled A True Account of This Present Affair yeah. stated the most daring robbery on record. The southbound train of the Iron Mountain Railroad was stopped here this evening by five heavily armed men and robbed of X amount of dollars. Um, the robbers were all large men, none of them under six <laughs> feet tall. They were masked and started in a southerly direction after they had robbed the train, all mounted on fine-blooded horses. Not like There's riding, nothing like riding your own bolo. I know, right? Yeah. Because yep. um, there's a lot of excitement in this part of the country, and that was Jesse James's okay. uh, press release for his own robbery. What's your next one? Okay. Uh, what... What famous Old West figure was arrested for horse theft in Van Buren, Arkansas on May 8th, 1871? And give me a second because I'm going to I'm going to float you a hint. Okay, I need a hint on um, this one. I need a hint. Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't think of him as a bad guy. Okay, that tells me. I'm going to I'm going to guess one of the Earps. You are correct. Okay. It yeah, was if you had to tell me the bad guy. Second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best known as a fearless frontier lawman, Wyatt Earp Wyatt had Earp. several run-ins with the law. Yep, Wyatt Earp had several run-ins with the law himself, and he was arrested for horse theft on uh, May 8th of 19... I'm sorry, that's got to be 1871. Okay. In Van Buren, Arkansas. Okay. You got any more, Jim, or does that is this, or will this do it? You got. Uh, go ahead. I got two more if you like. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, according to eyewitness accounts, mm -hmm. what gunslinger, what gunslinger hit a dime nine times out of ten when tossed in the air? Um, I'm going to guess it was either Wild Bill Hickok. Or Buffalo Bill, and I think it was Wild Bill Hickok. You would be correct. Okay. According to eyewitness accounts, Wild Bill Hickok 
could hit a dime nine times out of ten and toss the air. He could also shoot an apple from a tree with one shot and then hit the apple with another bullet before it hit the ground. Interesting. That's starting to, starting to sound like Bob Munden. Yeah, which is, man, he's fantastic. You, if the audience has ever uh, looked at Bob Munden on YouTube, he puts on quite a show. He really does. Oh, his skill set is, is truly superhuman. All right. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I have one more, if you like. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, what outlaw wore socks over his boots so that he could not be tracked? Um, that was Stinky Sock Sam um, from San, the San Andreas uh, area of... No, I, I don't know. What outlaw wore socks over his boots so that he couldn't be <laughs> tracked? There was a lot of eccentric... Black, I was going to say Black Bart. Is that right? Because he yeah, was Black, very eccentric. Black Bart wore socks over his boots during his robbery so he couldn't be tracked. He considered himself a gentleman outlaw and enjoyed taunting his victims by leaving little bits poetry. of poetry behind yep. in empty strong boxes to confuse those who would try to pursue him. He yep. eventually was arrested in 1883 after dropping a handkerchief with an identifying laundry mark at the right of one of the stagecoach at the site of one of the stagecoach robberies. He was sentenced to San Quentin uh, mm -hmm. prison for 6 years, but he had his sentence shortened to 4 for good behavior. Okay. Um after Interestingly, yeah. a short time after his release, he disappeared and was never heard from again. I have heard that, that he was never heard from again. That That's a mystery. i got to talk to my friend Steve Setterwalda, who runs Cold West Investigations. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a theory about that. All right, Jim, I've got some great trivia for you. Are you ready? I've tried to keep things in line with what you are kind of familiar with. And I told you last week I was gonna okay. I was gonna dig for some questions that pertained to swords from Disney movies, and you kind of implied that that might be an insult, uh, just a little bit of an. You said I could dig a little <laughs> deeper than that, but my first question does have to do with just that. In the Disney movie The Sword in the Stone, what does Merlin call the greatest force on Earth? And ten seconds on the clock. Hmm. See if anybody can jump in here on this one. I'm going to guess, and that's all this is, um, since it's a Disney movie, I'm going to say love. You got it. Right on the head. Swish. Nothing but net, as you always say to me. All right. Here's a, here's a good one. It's a romance novel, and it was it was called Clisson et Eugenie. I, I think I pronounced that right. It's French. I'll spell it. Clisson, C-L-I-S-S-O-N, et E.T. Why can't you at there yet? Um, Eugenie E-U-G-E-N-I-E. Who wrote the romance novel? It was found after this individual died. It was published in different pieces, but it wasn't translated in its entirety in, into English until the 1970s. Any idea who wrote the romance novel? Ten seconds. Wow. I'm thinking, okay, let me give you a hint. I'm, the The people in okay. Egypt probably aren't too happy with him because he ruined one of their landmarks. Or he kind of disfigured oh, it a little no bit. Oh, no kidding. What do you, you know this. He shot his nose off, didn't he? <laughs> well, not his own nose. Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody shot right? Napoleon's nose off, and he said, I don't think that's very funny. No, you're right. It, 
Yeah, he shot the nose off of what? Or his troops did? What was uh, it? The Sphinx. The Sphinx, yes. He wrote the Sphinx. That. He wrote the romance novel. That is correct. Okay, here's one that Interestingly might... enough, his engineers actually invented the slide rule. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. Okay, um, in real life, the nickname Braveheart refers to who? I'm going to say William Wallace. You are wrong, sir. I am wrong. You are wrong. It belonged to oh, um, Robert the Bruce, played in the movie Braveheart by Angus McFadden. Oh, are you kidding me? No, Jim, I'm not kidding. I love how you do that. Oh, are you kidding me? And I always go, no, Jim, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I have fun with that. Okay, here's a good no, it was one. Just, it, was a it, was a, it was a good question, right? Yeah, it was, it was a yeah that that little that's pretty twisty there. Okay, here's one I think you'll probably know. Who was Maywin Sakat? And I'll spell. <laughs> you, you know this one, don't you? I already know this one. All right, I'm not even going to spell it. Was it. One of my it was it was one of my ancestors that kidnapped him and brought him to Ireland in the first place. Really? Who you was know it? Him better? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was who was Sukkot or who was my ancestor that no who him? was M M Sukkot that's the question okay uh, that was uh, Saint Patrick yeah absolutely okay we're gonna have to talk later about this story of yours it sounds interesting we'll move along I got another oh, good yes. question for you now we're gonna kind of get into a little bit of Michigan uh, trivia I think you'll like this Okay. Well, maybe this one's not Michigan. Maybe it is. What famous military man would have loved sudsysopery.com because he used to scent his hair with cinnamon oil? And this has to do with Michigan. Well, it might. The others do, for sure. Well, no, the next one doesn't. Urgh. Okay, think about Sent it. Scent his hair with cinnamon oil. Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay. I... I'm, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I shall return. Nope. Um, eh. No. <laughs> okay. You want to leave it for General the audience? Patton? I don't know. No, it wasn't General yeah, Patton. Let's leave it for the Let's audience. leave it for the... Uh, what, uh, again, what famous military man would have loved Sudsy Sopery as he used to scent his hair with cinnamon oil? The next question, Jim. This is a phobia question. What is pogonophobia? P-O-G-O-N-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Pogonophobia. That is, the abnormal, that, is, that is the abnormal fear of echidnas. Of a what? Echidna. Echidna? What's echidna? Is that another word for something? Lima beans? Kidney beans? What is that? Look look it up. Okay. Since I'm, since I'm not going to get the answer to this anyways. Okay. <laughs> echidna is an animal. I would have guessed the, the uh, unhealthy fear of pogo sticks, but I would have been wrong too. It is the fear of beards. Beards. Okay, here's where here's one that I Jim. I remember this man's voice on the radio mm -hmm. at, at Midwestern Baptist College. Who was the mayor of Detroit from 1974 to 1994? This should roll uh, right off. Forty years stretch. Forty year stretch. We're talking about uh, Mayor Coleman Young. Tw Twenty years. 74, 84, 94. Twenty years. I thought. I thought that he. I thought that he, he was mayor for longer than that. Nope, not according to Wikipedia. If you trust okay. Wikipedia, but uh, Mayor Coleman Young. Coleman Young, that's correct. You know what other claim yep. to fame he had? That would have uh, been in yeah, the early nineteen forties. Lots, lots, and they're not great. 
uh, his claim to fame in the What's early that? in the early forties. What was his claim to fame in the early forties? Oh, I don't know. He was a Tuskegee Airman. Uh, One of the first black World War II pirate. Uh, I start to say pirates. Pilots. No, he wasn't pirates. a World War II pirate. He was a pilot. <laughs> yes. And in case you're wondering, my beverage of choice for the evening is Welch's Light. Starts with a pound of fruit every bottle. I don't work for him. I just tried it this week. Anyway. Okay. Next question. <laughs> What lake has enough water in it to cover all of North and South America with water one foot deep? If you stretch the shoreline out to a straight line, it would be long enough to reach from Duluth, Minnesota to the Bahamas. What body of water will do that? I'm going to guess Lake Superior. Yeah, you did. That's our third Lake Superior question, too, since we've been doing the show. So, good job. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep, that's okay. That we're, I think we're out of Lake Superior questions. Jim, let's take a break here real quick. Uh, give your shout-out real quick. you got a shout-out you want to do. We uh, had to take a break to fix some technical difficulties, but Jim, give a shout-out. Yes, uh, summer, summer in the Philippines and Sky, Oceana, and Boncourts uh, from the Philippines. Well, thank you all. Glad for, you're listening. Yeah, absolutely. Glad you could join us. Okay, I'm going to uh, give you an, another trivia question. What country does the Edmund Fitzgerald now rest in? Oh, good, good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Canada. You have. We have a winner. Swish. I kind of thought that might be a trick question because at first thought I would have thought the United States, but I would be right. wrong. Who do you remember the name of the? This isn't one of the trivia questions, but do you remember the name of the artist that sung the song about the Edmund Fitzgerald? Oh, oh, oh! I know this, and, and if you hadn't asked, I would have had it on tap. Da, what was da, the name da, of? The, da, 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 da. Um. Gordon Lightfoot. Yes, you got it. I was going to say his last name was not Liddy. G. Gordon Liddy, but it was not Liddy. Okay, right. so, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner, Christy says. Yeah, oh, I used to hear that a lot. Okay, last question. What bad omen occurred prior to the launch of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Do you know hmm. this one? Or at the launch of the Edmund Fitzgerald? What bad omen? What happened? That people went, oh, no. I'm I'm gonna guess, and that's all this is. Uh, okay, that's okay. The per, the uh, bottle of champagne didn't break. You're absolutely right. It took three attempts to break the bottle of champagne, uh, which was broken by Mrs. Fitzgerald. The other kind of a bad omen was that when the uh, um, the uh, the Fitz also hit the dock. The ship hit the dock during its launch. And one of the onlookers, I don't know why, he suffered a heart attack as well. So, kind of three bad things that happened right there. So, anyway. And you know the part of the song? What's that says, um, and the bell rang 29 times for yeah. each man on the Edmund Fitzgerald? Is that it? Is that's that referring That's referring to the Old Mariner's Church in downtown Detroit that now exists at the foot of the Renaissance Center. Okay. Is the Renaissance Center still standing? It is. I assume it is. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, Jim, that is my trivia for today. That's your trivia. Good stuff there going on. Ran a little late on the trivia than we normally do, but that's okay because that's what we do. That's what we're here for. 
So getting into a, a few biscuits, I heard about this this week. I'm going to pull this link up real quick. This, If this doesn't burn your biscuits, I'm telling you, this just is aggravating. A Latina student at the Pitzer College in Claremont, California, go figure, was hoping to take a fun trip this spring break. Uh, this is from the Conservative Tribune. I love the stories there. The student, Leandra Vargas, who identifies as they, them, or I don't know what that means, just doesn't want to pay for a lot of the cost of the trip. She emailed the student talk group of the $48,660 a year college, plus room and board, according to the U.S. News, and she asked for some help with her expenses. And guess who she wanted help from? This will really... Oh, her letter uh, says, A bunch of us are trying to... T-R-Y-N-A, trying to get away from this toxic institution for the break, and and we were lucky enough to be lent a car, she wrote. There's a screenshot of a message. Um, The rest of it says, let's see, I want to get this right. We are hoping people, P-P-L, are willing to support us in our ventures out I can't even make this out. This is terrible writing. Out of California, there's another word in there. I can't make it out. Some national parks to find some space, spacey, E-E-E, to breathe B-R-E-A-T-H-E-E-E. Calling on, here it is, here it comes. Are you ready? Brace yourselves. White allies, especially for your support. Remember that everything you are and have is due to the genocide and enslavement of our people. Yet, all I'm asking for, the number four, is a bit of cash to get us through, T-H-R-U, the week, T-H-X-X, thanks. I'm going to put a link of this up, because there is an email address for her. Feel free to have, you know, respond to her email if you want. What is the... I mean, I've heard of entitlement, but this is ridiculous. This is pathetic. Well, what genocide is she talking about? You know, I can't think of a race of people or a body of people in the world that hasn't committed murder. I won't say genocide, but hasn't committed murder in some some form or another. I don't know. Or had it upon them. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, the, my my theory is even if even if what she said is is true about the genocide, which I don't believe it is, um, isn't genocide? And maybe Ches can help me here. Isn't genocide the? Um, I, I don't know if it's even the attempt, but the wiping out of an entire race of people. I don't think genocide has yes. ever ever been done. So, but it has been attempted, obviously, uh, unless genocide is also defined as the attempt. Uh, I'll have to check into that, but yeah, yeah. Apparently, Christy says apparently English isn't taught at uh, the university to these boneheads. I think that's what she says, uh, but yeah, just drives me nuts. I, I, Jim, I, I don't know what to where to go with this or where to take it because you know when somebody opens their mouth and says something stupid, you don't really have to say anything. You, it, it they put on their own presentation. And that's it, you know. There's no argument with something like that. I I get the same response no. when I see tidbits and clips of the view. Insert your own comment there if you have right. one. 
So, but yeah, that's just aggravating. Nope, you're absolutely right. Huh. Well, if people get to make up their own. It used to be we understood pretty well, and this isn't original to me, but it's true in this circumstance. Um, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Correct. Yep. So, um, yeah, when, when somebody just wants to start saying, oh, yeah, y'all y'all try to kill all of us. Um, really? When, where, how? Right. And Rich Merrick just put up the definition of genocide, um, which stuff's coming in, but I don't see the, the word attempt in there. So if that's the case, to my knowledge, genocide's never even been done. In the history, unless you count maybe some biblical, um, some biblical incidences, you you might know more about that than me, Jim. Um, but in modern day and age, you know, when you talk about uh, genocide, you're talking about what Hitler tried to do. Uh, you're talking about what Pol Pot tried to do, and a few others. But it it's never been complete. It's never been, according to the definition that I see that Rich sent, genocide has never taken place in modern history. The attempt of it has, and somebody well, can correct me if on, I'm wrong. On a, on a larger on a larger scale, though, we're not even talking about the technicality of whether it has or hasn't occurred. Right. We're talking about all you white people did this to all of us. When? Right. When yep. did this ever happen? What are you talking about? Nobody knows what you're talking about. So even after you get past the, de the, the trouble with the definition, which why should we expect her to have any good definitions when she can't even speak properly? But, but she doesn't even, When did this occur? Yeah. You've got no facts, nothing. But based upon, based upon stuff you're making up as you go along, people are supposed to hand you over money. No, access denied. Get out of here. I like that, access denied. That's what we need, a t-shirt. Access denied, snowflake. <laughs> anyway. Right. <laughs> um, I guess you heard uh, McDonald's Twitter account supposedly got hacked. Did you hear about that? Made a lot of people mad. No. They Apparently, McDonald's said they got hacked. I don't have any reason to doubt that they didn't. Uh, their Twitter account says... Um, at real Donald Trump, you are actually a disgusting excuse of a president. We would love to have at Barack Obama back. Also, you have tiny hands, whatever that means. Well, McDonald's came out and deleted the post and changed. They said they deleted the post and changed the security on uh, on their Twitter account. They said somebody else did it. And I've looked on the Internet. And that seems to be the story. seems to be the case. I have no reason to doubt it. Um, I was talking to somebody at work today, and they said that they had heard that one of the people that now handle social media at McDonald's, and this is just a rumor, I have nothing to back this up, and really tend to believe it's not true, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway in case something does come to light in the future, because I always like to say, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to laugh at that, Jim. You're just giving me that one-eyed captain look. <laughs> Um, but the story that I heard today was that an individual that used to work for Barack Obama is now working for social media for McDonald's and that he's since been released. I haven't found anything on that yet, but we'll, we'll see. We'll know in the coming days. And if, if you do hear that, remember that you heard it here first. Just kidding. I, I don't think there's any truth to it anyway, myself. Uh, the, the comment about having small hands. Yes. Is, is if you, if, if. If when you go to eat a sandwich, because we're talking about McDonald's here, right? They, they say, "How do you eat a sandwich with those hands?" Okay, it's like a 
slap at your manhood if you if you got tiny okay. hands. Okay. It's like how, like serious seriously, how do you eat a sandwich with those hands? Okay. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Um, here's a good one. Here's a good story. This woman, she was a uh, teacher at a college. The University of Wisconsin Lacrosse was fired this week uh, for saying something about a the Trump's first executive order. Uh, let me see. Her disgraceful. What she actually said was that terror-prone immigrants should not be allowed entry into the United States and should instead be sent back to their home countries in the Middle East. That's pretty mild. Terror-prone immigrants. That's a specific target. And anybody with common sense and, and a half half a mind would agree with that. Um, apparently a student overheard it, made more out of it than what it was, and she was fired. Guess what? She's got her job back. There was enough backlash on that. She is now back with the college. Um, thanks to the help of an attorney as well. It's amazing that you got to really be careful about what you say in this day and age because even if it's completely 100% correct, even if it's non-threatening, and even if it's politically correct, if somebody overhears it and turns it the other the wrong way, you can be out of a job. It can affect your livelihood. And it's sad. It really is. Um, I had some incidences this week, and I don't want to talk about them on the radio, um, but it, it proved this point exactly. So anyway, there's that. Here's, a, here's another thing that gripes me. A New Mexico a Quaker church is giving training and, to uh, people that work there in the church uh, how to handle it if uh, the, deport, uh, the te deportation teams show up at the church to take an illegal alien that they are giving refuge. Remember the old Western movies when the bad guys or the criminals or somebody would take refuge in a church because it was kind of an unspoken, well, kind of a common law thing that you could not take refuge right. in a church? I'm not so sure about the legality of that anymore. What do you think? Here's my here's my thought on it. If a church is helping somebody violate the law, now I, I normally I wouldn't say something like this because a lot of people take this out. Of, the liberals use this threat all the time that their tax status should be revoked. Now, I I have a real problem with a church that is violating an immigration law that puts all of us in danger. I don't think this is something about standing up in church and preaching about abortion or preaching about issues. This is direct violation of the law. I personally wouldn't have a problem with somebody losing their tax status. Now, I might change my mind on that next week, but do you have any... I see your the deep wheels, the hamsters running there, Jim. I can tell. What do you think? <laughs> I threw one at well, you, I didn't I? I saw something earlier. No, no, that's that's fine. Uh, I saw something earlier this week that was a similar set of circumstances where a church was actually uh, harboring a known criminal really and were basically trying trying to appeal to the same the same kind of rule and I'll tell you what lose their tax status um, I'll go I'll go a step further than that rip yeah. the place down stone by stone um, well, then you're messing you're gonna, with property. I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh, oh. But you hey, could build a highway through it and Romans, claim eminent domain. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Roman, Romans 13. Romans chapter 13. Uh-huh. Um, resi resist not the power, 
for he is a minister unto thee for good. But if thou doest that which is evil, then be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. Right. Okay. Churches need to abide by the law as much as is humanly possible um, in, in whatever country they find themselves. The exception to that is going to be some, some common sense stuff, like um, is evidenced in the Bible with Daniel. The law, it, the law was put into place that during this particular day, Daniel wasn't supposed to um, pray to anybody, that he's only supposed to bring his petitions before the king. Well, what did what did Daniel do? Right, he prayed as was his as he did aforetime. Um, you can't fiddle with somebody's right to worship or call upon their God themselves. Right. Um, so when you have a church that is uh, that is is fiddling around with laws and deciding that they get to use whatever status to to make some make some kind of a a, a move like that, no, 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 no. That's that does not that's not covered under anything, and it's not only in violation of the law; it's in violation of scripture. Right, I I would agree with that. Okay, let's let's uh that's that's the biscuits, Jim. Let's move along to some gravy. All right, all right, yeah, and uh, let's see here. Uh, good deed of the week. This a good Samaritan pulled the parent of a young child out of a serious. Bind Wednesday when she paid the better part of $1,000 for his young daughter's airline ticket. I love this story. The father was under the impression that his daughter could ride for free because when he booked the ticket, the girl was one year old. However, she turned two in January after he booked the ticket, and at the time of the departure, the man could not afford to pay the inflated last-minute ticket price. The woman behind him, who happened to be a business executive, paid for the $749 ticket on his behalf and out of the goodness of her heart. That woman has since been identified as Debbie Bolton, co-founder of Norwex, a cleaning products company. How cool is that? Nice. Yeah. I'm, that is very cool. Yep, absolutely. Which reminds me, you know, I'm getting ready to fly here in a couple of weeks. I've got my tickets already paid for, so good that's a you know here like it's hard to find good stories like this it really is because i try every week and some i've only gotten two good ones since i've been looking really so anyway that's the good deed all right uh let's see i want to talk about this one more time we we talked about this the last two shows but i'm going to bring it up uh because i had problems finding the right link but i've got it now joe's app joe that guy martin the historical points of interest i have got the link that you if you've got a google device you can download it from the Google Store, and I will put the link in the post uh, this weekend. And it's a great app. I've submitted three um, historical places to the app this week. I submitted the Rio Grande Bridge. I was there last Wednesday with my buddy, or last Saturday with my buddy Mitch. I submitted Fort Selden. Fort Selden is a New Mexico fort. It is where General Douglas MacArthur claimed to have learned to ride and shoot. Uh, before he could write. Uh, let's see, what was the other one? I, I put in the murder site of Pat Garrett. Those are in that website. There's literally hundreds more that, that uh, Joe, that guy Martin, has put in himself. It's a fantastic app, and uh, you can. it helps you when you're driving. If you're coming close to one, you can look and see if you're close to one. Take a side trip and see one, tr- side trip and see one of these sites. It's really, really cool. 
If you want the Biscuits and Gravy app built on the same platform, send me an email. I will give you my email, singingcop at gmail.com, and just request the Biscuits and Gravy app. Um, it's the same platform, pretty much, but it is not on the Google Play Store yet. We're working on that, but I can still send it to you. All right. Thanks to Joe, that guy, Martin. Here's a strange fact for the week. Are you ready? In 1920... Ready for the strange fact? Yeah. Here's a you got a strange fact for me? You got a strange fact? No, no, no. I'm ready for your... Oh, I thought you had it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I thought maybe you had one, too, though. <laughs> he raises the one eye. I can't. You, who's a guy the on TV that used to do pounds. that? Who's a guy that used to, There was an old Western actor that used to do that. Remember that? Um, no, the strange fact. Here it is. In 1923, there's a horse jockey, Frank Hayes. He won a race at Belmont Park in New York, and when he won it, he was dead. Get a load of that. He suffered a heart attack Arr. midway through the race, but his body stayed in the saddle until his horse crossed the line for a 20-to-1 outside victory. <laughs> yeah, they talk about beating a dead horse. Da -dum -ching. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, we got strange laws. <laughs> Have you heard any strange laws lately, Jim? Not, not lately. Not since Obama left office, right? But a ching. All right. I decided to do something a little different this week and take the strange laws from our cousins up north, the Canadians. In British Columbia... It's illegal to kill a Sasquatch. You know, most of the time we say somebody did something stupid to create a law. I don't think that was the case in this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, you know, it's, it's you know, yeah. They got to be they got to be protected from somebody because obviously, if there weren't people killing them, there'd be more of them, right? Oh, maybe. I never thought of that. Do you do you think Sasquatch? I love the one eye captain thing. Um, <laughs> Do you think Sasquatches exist, otherwise known as Bigfoot, right? Same creature? Right. Um, I'm going to say no. Uh, if you talk to me about the Loch Ness Monster or something on that order, right. I go, no, nah, I, I, I tend to think of that. Um, even, even unicorns, if you define the term properly. But uh, Sasquatch, that one... I'm going to say about 99.9%. Well, .9%, I'm going to say no. Okay, well, I have an answer. And my answer is 100% correct. And I challenge anybody to dispute this answer. My answer is maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're, there you go. There's the laugh I was waiting for. So, I don't know. They, <laughs> You're hurting me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, they could be. I don't know, you know. I remember a couple of years ago, a couple of kids, they made big news. They found the body of this, this Bigfoot, and they had it in a freezer. And when they had it all melted down and everything, they found out it was a costume they'd bought that they'd put in a block of ice. You know, and boy, were, did they get in trouble. All right, here's the next strange law. In Vancouver, it is illegal to sell a stove on Wednesday, or at least it was from 1947 to 1986. Got to sell a stove. You can't do it on Wednesday. Okay. It is illegal to own more than four pet rats at a time in Port Coquitiam. I hope I spelled that said that right. Okay. In Ellie, I told you we have to get rid of those rats. Yep, get rid of the rats. In Oak Bay, you could be fined one hundred dollars if your parrot talks too loud. On an interesting side note, Andrew Jackson, he he had a parrot that got kicked out of his own funeral because uh, it cussed too much. 
Uh, in, uh, I was going to say for profanity. Yep, exactly. You do it. In Victoria, street entertainers are not allowed to give kids balloon animals. Again, something stupid happened. Crazy stuff. I'm telling you, this is... All right, just getting weird, getting Ooh. weird. I, and that's the biscuits and gravy for the week, folks, as Walter Cronkite, Cronkite, as Walter Cronkite used to say. And that's the way it is. Something like that. He used to say it that way. Anyway, Jim, let's see. Um, what are you going to do the rest of the week? What do you got? You got plans for tomorrow? You're working, right? Uh, uh, well, I'm working later in the day, but in the morning, taking the kids out, and we're doing martial arts. Oh, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. I don't. I'm going to uh, be producing one of my shows tomorrow morning, and then after that, Seth is gone for the evening. Uh, after that, I'm just going to relax, do a little house cleaning, maybe take a drive, um, maybe go up and do a little shooting this weekend too, as well. I like to put a, a few rounds through the rifles and the pistols, and uh, go from there and get ready uh, next week. I've got to clean my office out next week at work. Uh, because our, our building is closing down. Uh, fortunately, I'll be continuing to work from home, but I've got to clean my office out and bring what I need here and then um, basically get ready for my trip to St. Louis. And here's the plan, folks. When I'm gone in St. Louis, we still plan on doing the program. Um, we're going to do it not only in front of you, a live audience, but hopefully in, uh, I'll have my brother and his family with us. So you'll have your tech support team. I'll have mine, Jim. Right? Yeah. And our broadcast has ended again. So anyway, Jim, let's just close this thing down. I'll give you the last word. Okay. Uh, folks, uh, turn your, your emergency notifications on on your phone, your Amber Alerts. The life you save may be... Uh, someone that you know and care about. Adios, you chicken plucking little stinker!